It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Matthew Solnick stood next to two of the best iPhone hackers in the world and addressed the question the hundreds of people watching him were all wondering. In the end, want to address one thing before saying thanks. The white elephant in the room, how exactly did we get in? Well, good to ask us next time we talk. Solnick, a well-known security researcher, said with a knowing smile as he wrapped up one of the most anticipated talks at the Black Hat Security Conference in Las Vegas in August of 2016. In attendance, among hundreds of security professionals, were researchers from a company that sells iPhone cracking services to cops around the world, renowned hackers and Apple's own employees. Solnick had dumped and explored the secure enclave processor, one of the most closely guarded secrets at Apple, and the key data encryption on the iPhone. No one knows how he did it, Motherboard's senior staff writer Lorenzo Franceschi Bicarai has spent the last few months solving that mystery. And in doing so, he stumbled upon a hush-hush iPhone that has become one of the most important tools in the multi-million dollar iPhone hacking industry. This week, I'm talking to Lorenzo about his investigation. And we've also scored an interview with a dealer who clandestinely sells prototype and rare iPhones on Twitter. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. All right, so Lorenzo, breaking into iPhones and Apple products, not very easy, is it? Yeah, it used to be easy, but we were talking about 10 years ago or more. These days, breaking into an iPhone may actually be the hardest thing you can do as a hacker. Almost everyone agrees that the iPhone is the most secure computer on Earth. It's the most secure? Yeah, I mean, the most secure you can get your hands on. Because I know, like, back in the old hacker scene, like, jailbreaking an iPhone big deal. Like, you're basically, you're moonwalking across, you know, the InfoSec community. What was that guy's name? That kid who jailbroke it? Geohot. Geohot. I interviewed him. Yeah, it used to be that people would just, like, post, uh, you know, their mm, videos videos of themselves hacking iPhones on Twitter or YouTube and brag about it. These days, people don't do that. And it's not because, not only because it's harder, but also because um, the the value of that is so high that you you, don't, you just don't give it away on Twitter or YouTube. Well, that's the thing is that you look at something like vulnerabilities and and the the price for a zero day on the black market or on the the open market very high for iPhones. So why? Yeah, sorry, just to interject, we're talking about like millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Yeah, like yeah. companies like uh, Zerodium, uh, Crowdfence, and stuff like that. They offer literally like three, four million dollars, two million, one million, depending on exactly what vulnerability it is. But we're talking about, you know, at least six figures, in some cases, seven figures. Which leads us to your latest story, which is to say, maybe it's not so hard after all. Well, yeah, it's still hard. But one of the things that um, make uh, iPhones really hard to hack is that they're basically, they're almost black boxes, right? You cannot just connect your iPhone to your computer and start, like, going through the file system, um, read the kernel or whatever. Like, that's just not possible. That And that's because Apple does not want you to do it. Because one of the strategies that Apple uh, employs to make it, um, you know, make their phones more secure is to keep them, to make them very obscure. So it's what it's what's called the security by obscurity. 
a lot of iOS is uh, impossible to read as a user, as someone who just owns an iPhone and connects it to, to the computer. So what we found is that there are special iPhones, if you will. Some people call them prototypes. Some people call them development iPhones. The more technical and probably accurate way to call them is uh, dev-fused iPhones. These are iPhones that have uh, security features either turned off or that you can turn off. So a source described them as uh, pre-jailbroken iPhones. So essentially they're iPhones with fewer security uh, measures enabled. So if you're somebody researching an iPhone, uh, an iPhone researcher, going through this phone and finding vulnerabilities on it far easier than if you were to have an actual just off-the-market, off-the-shelf iPhone. Yeah, I mean, it's still complicated. It's, it's still something that not everyone can do. And, like, you know, you still need to know what you're doing. But essentially, the barriers of entry are lowered. You know, it's like breaking into a house where the lock is already, like, you know, broken or something like that. Um, that's a terrible metaphor. But the... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's... Such an infosec metaphor. Yeah, I mean, you still need to do the work and you still need to find the vulnerability, you know, exploit it and whatever. Like, you know, it's... But that is the first step. That that allows you to... You have a head start. It's a little easier than it is if someone just hands you an iPhone. But now, who has these things? So as far as we can tell, everyone who does security research on iPhones has them. But this includes also some very some very almost insidious companies that we've reported on that also, you know, use this information maybe for the dark arts of InfoSec versus... Yeah, according to our sources, companies like Celebrite uh, have them and have used them in the past. Um, These companies don't like to talk about this. Uh, Security researchers don't like to talk about this. Like the sources that we have in the story are mostly anonymous uh, for multiple reasons, but also because um, it's kind of a open secret in that community. So people who hack iPhones for a living know that these devices exist. They know that their friends have them. They've seen them. But they don't like to talk about it in public because, first of all, um, it's unclear if it's legal to even have them uh, because uh, these phones, essentially, or the way that my sources have uh, described it, they fall off tracks or they, like, escape... Shenzhen. So someone in China is like taking these phones and getting them, getting them on this underground gray market. And selling them to Celebrite companies like potentially NSO Group, correct? Yeah, maybe. We don't know about NSO, for example. Celebrite, we're pretty confident. And what is, so just so we're clear, what kinds of companies are Celebrite and NSO Group? What do they do? Yeah, these are companies that essentially their their whole business is hacking iPhones or providing tools to hack into iPhones or, you know, in the case of Celebrite, they also do Android hacking and stuff like that. But these companies don't just do that. They also support some pretty brutal regimes. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they sell these tools to whoever pays. So we're talking about, you know, Celebrite used to have... Um, well, Celebrite is rumored to be the company that broke into the um, the famous San Bernardino iPhone where if you remember, uh, the FBI wanted to, uh, you know, read the data inside of this locked phone that belonged to uh, the terrorist who killed uh, a dozen people in San Bernardino in uh, 2015. So, so yeah, these are companies like uh, we're talking about. The, the other company that we name in the story is called uh, Corellium. They're not as well known as Celebrite, and they're not exactly um, an iPhone hacking company. What they do is 
they provide um, a platform where you can um, emulate iOS on a computer. So you essentially connect to Corellium.com if you have an account. They're pretty expensive. But And then you can just create virtual machines of iOS, which until now, and they're the first ones to ever do it, was impossible. And it was impossible because Apple has specifically designed the iPhone to make that almost impossible. So Corellium is used by people uh, such as Azimuth Security, which is a company we wrote about uh, last year. Joseph Cox and I profiled them. And, uh, and what is Asimov Security? Yeah, their entire business is finding vulnerabilities into Androids, iPhones, and then sell those tools and sell those vulnerabilities to governments around the world. And what kinds of governments? In the case of Asimov, we're talking about Five Eyes, so NSA, CIA, FBI. MI6, MI5, Yeah, whatever their CSEC. Cor- yeah, their, cor- their corresponding agencies in uh, Canada, Australia. But yeah, they're like NSO essentially. They're they're in that business. They they're selling things to governments. Yeah, they find vulnerabilities, and instead of reporting it, reporting them to the companies where they find the vulnerabilities in, they sell them to governments so they can use them to hack people. And I guess that's the thing too about something like this: when companies that typically make money selling ways of breaking consumer goods, like the iPhone are not reporting them to Apple, but rather using them to sell to governments, et cetera, who use them for, we can only imagine which reasons. This presents a pretty big problem to Apple that that sells itself as this security by obscurity. We're better than Android. Android's buggy. It's insecure. Don't use it. We're the best. Because that, I mean, this essentially just undermines it. Because now you have this whole underground market that has basically called bullshit on that. Yeah, definitely. Apple has has long uh, touted the security of its products as a marketing tool. You know, like, I mean, they've used this literally as marketing. You know, years ago, it was the those famous ads where the, you know, the younger looking guy was uh, making fun of the older looking guy who was like supposed to be Windows. And it was like, oh, you have viruses. I don't, you know, because I'm a Mac. Um, <laughs> you know, more recently at CES this year, Apple uh put up like a giant ad in Las Vegas saying what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone, basically saying, you know, we respect your privacy, but also our phones are more secure than Android. And, you know, they are like they still are. uh, I mean, we could probably debate uh, whether a Google Pixel is almost as secure as an iPhone. But the point is, as you said, there is a growing industry whose job is to hack into iPhones. And it is fueled by these devices, at least in part. I mean, part of this too for me is like, it's typical hacker behavior too. It's, you tell them you can't hack something, there's, it's obscured for you, it's, it's difficult to get into. And then suddenly now you have this group of very intelligent, possibly nefarious-minded people who are intent on breaking into the iPhone. And they've, it sounds like, done just that. They will do everything they can to do it. And uh, some of these people may be the same ones who Apple has invited to their um, bug bounty program, which is not going very well, as we reported in the past. And this was Apple's, uh, just to remind our audience, like in 2016, uh, Apple launched uh, the iOS bug bounty program, essentially asking uh, iPhone researchers, independent, independent iPhone researchers, to reach out to Apple and report bugs that they found um, so that they would be, you know, rewarded with pretty good rewards. You know, we're talking about up to $250,000. And uh, for around a year, the 
program basically did not gather any reports as far as we could tell um, because no one wanted to no one wanted to report these bugs because they're not that cheap like essentially what what Apple is offering is too low for what what you can actually get in the so multi-billion the dollar <laughs> Apple which I think is it is one of the most I think it is the most one of the most profitable businesses in all of America and all of the world is giving peanuts for these these mess up bugs. Yeah, I mean peanuts maybe is not the right word for well, let's you say know, peanuts a in comparison to what they could be getting elsewhere. Yeah, and money talks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it goes back to like uh, who pays more and uh, yeah, what are your priorities? You know, if you're an iPhone researcher, do you want to give the bug to Apple and get like you know a tenth of what you could get if you give it to Celebrite or NSO or Zerodium? I know, you know, some people would tell you that they prefer to get paid less and report it to Apple. Some people will tell you, well, you know, I'm going to get paid more and I'm going to go help the good guys hunt terrorists and bad guys. These types of companies that say, we do this so we can hunt the terrorists, we all know, just like weapons companies, they use the same sort of subtext. And it's quite often not quite true. Because we know a lot of these different types of organizations that you're describing are also in touch with repressive regimes that use it to track journalists or activists. So when Apple then advertises itself as the most secure platform, if you're if you're going to buy a cell phone, I mean, you have to buy a cell phone nowadays, but if you're going to, go with us. I mean, this really blows kind of the cover off of that, that maybe it's not, and it's certainly, you know, the Apple store that seems to be sort of this church of secrets and power is not so powerful as we think it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, let's put it another way. Like, if I'm a, an iPhone hacker or someone who works for these companies and, I and you know, my living is finding these vulnerabilities or I want to find, you know, I want to hack an iPhone for whatever reason, I can just go on Twitter and I there's sellers. Like, we... Like, we talked to three different sellers who advertise these devices openly on Twitter. You found one of these, yeah, we one spoke, of these dealers, these we spoke broken to, iPhone dealers. We spoke to all, all, of the, all the three of them, actually. So it's not that hard to find. You know, like, if, you're, if you know where to look, and we're talking about Twitter.com, we're not talking like about some obscure website. That oh, the Twitter.com, I'm familiar. Yeah, <laughs> it's on, on the Tor browser, you know. Like, <laughs> this is like the website where people are already are if you do this work. And you can just DM these people. Maybe they'll ask you to like talk on another channel at some point. But essentially, you DM them on Twitter and you say, I want one of these. And they tell you, okay, it's $5,000. You give them $5,000. And a couple of days later, you got it in the mail. And you can start hacking iPhones. Yeah. Um, if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Of course. And you also need a special cable, which these guys also provide. But that's like the cheapest thing. Like it's $500 for a cable. You know, that, that is not the problem. So, again, all you need to do, talk to one of these guys, get the device, and start hacking. So the question is, does Apple have any idea about this? Apple knows about this, as far as we know. Uh, they did not talk to us for the story, but we know that they, they are aware of the fact that there are some of these devices out there. And we also know that they're trying to clamp down on it. How they're going to do it, it's unclear. And also, is it even possible? It's also unclear. Because, again, the problem is that Apple produces millions of iPhones in China. It's impossible to track all of them, and it's impossible to keep tabs on every employee who walks into Shenzhen. So, like, these devices somehow escape 
as, as my sources have put it, they escaped the factories and they found their way on Twitter. Can Apple actually track them down, track them all down? Probably not. You know, it's just a, it's a scale problem. You know, there's too many iPhones out there and it's just impossible to keep track of them. But they also want you to think that their phones are easy, easily the most secure phones out there and there's almost no way of breaking into them. Because even the FBI will have to ask, ask for permission from yeah. Apple to get access. Yeah, I mean, what Apple is doing is probably not... Uh, I mean, obviously, they're trying to stop this flow of uh, depth-fused devices on the market. But what they're also trying to do is make the iPhone just harder to hack so that even if you have one of these devices, you still, you're still going to struggle. So, you know, they're improving the security of the device itself. They're imp- improving the security of the processor. They're improving the security of, like, the hardware itself. They're making the hardware, like even harder to analyze, you know, even if you get an iPhone and you open it up, you can't just connect to, you know, the processor or the RAM and, like, start analyzing it. So every year they try to make it harder and harder, and they don't, without relying on on the security of the supply chain, which clearly it's not that secure because these phones, again, you can just buy them. You know, as long as you have $5,000, $15,000, $20,000, whatever they ask you, you can find them. Which can be pretty profitable if you're somebody looking to turn that five twenty thousand dollars into potentially a few million for a vulnerability that you sell to somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, twenty thousand dollars for someone who's going to sell the product of their work for like a million—it's you know, it, that is kind of peanuts, right? That is not that much. So you've arranged for us to actually meet one of these 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 dealers. Yeah, so one of them lives in New York and uh, he's actually going to be on the show. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so why don't you tell me, what, what do you do? What brought you here today? Um, security research and um, a lot of Apple internal stuff. Like Security research, is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. But as I understand it, you get, I mean, you, get, you essentially get jailbroken iPhones. Pre-jailbroken. Pre-jailbroken iPhones, yeah. which is to say, like, Apple's very secretive about the way that they keep their security very tight around their products. Mm-hmm. And you're able to get some of these... Development, like the device that engineers use or like the factory use for testing. And you can use those devices. And you have a lot of like ports that's not normally open. Now you can do a lot of cool stuff. Which you can find vulnerabilities. Yes. Because finding vulnerabilities in iPhones, as you know, as a security researcher, very, very difficult, isn't Correct. it? Correct. And those assets, like, you know, iOS is pretty much like a, a box you can reach. And those opening, like those ports, is pretty much the 
the ports you go in, like you can, they got a lot of information out of it. You can dump the entire file system out. You can find, you can see all the codes and everything. It's compiled, but you know, you still can find a lot of stuff interesting. So, okay. You, how do you get these devices? Um, connection with like people work for the company and also. But you get them from the China. Factory. Yeah. For the, from factory as well, you know. Like from Shenzhen. They, um, yeah. And Shanghai as well. They have a OPS team. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, they do a lot of development shit over there. Like they develop um, a decent amount of stuff in China. I don't know why they do it, but you know they have they have a lot of engineers over there. Okay, so you get these devices from these people. I mean, is this at all legal? I mean, for those, I don't know how they got out, but I mean, as what I've understand is stolen and, or the factory, you know, the factory, um, they produce a lot of like pre-production just to make sure like they are, the manufacturer is good, mm-hmm. good to go before, you know, they pr- produce like the release device mm-hmm. and those devices supposed to be like discarded, like destroyed. They used to draw a hole on the motherboard or they just tase the board, but you know, people who um, are responsible for that, you know, sometimes they don't do that. They sell like those huge quantity of those to like the market instead. People like you? Well, no, they work for the company. Like they work for the factory. Yeah, but then you get them though. Yeah, I, I buy them. You buy them? Yeah, from those people. From those people? Yeah. And then you sell them for how much? Um, I'm selling them. I'm my my main thing is not selling. I'm, my main thing is you know getting those devices in hand and research and also research with other researchers. You know, there's a lot of people out there doing it. At the same time, I'm selling it not for a profit, but you know, for. I mean, I'm sure you get for I'm a sure decent you, amount. Yeah, you but, get some money for it. Yep. How much? How much? Um, I don't know. Probably like it depends on the device. If if it's like a EVT or like like engineering validation like that, that that's EVT you get um a couple thousand to easily over 10,000 if oh, so if you're getting you're getting you're getting your reward, uh, quite well, a you handsome to, reward yeah but you have to also split with like people that's along the line who get this device out if you sell it or else you're never going to be able to get the device again you know okay so who buys these things um, security research. With who? Individual and also companies like, uh, like Tencent, um, Alibaba, and also personal like Alibaba. Um, yeah, Luke. You know. So you're, you're getting, getting. So basically, it's. I mean, companies buy them too. Yeah, well, because they're buying them, and if we're gonna look at sort of the history of Chinese tech companies, yeah. quite often they rip from American companies. Yeah, they do. And they buy them to, to push out vulnerabilities. And, you know, they can either report to Apple or, you know, they to release, uh, I don't know, release like a jailbreak, like pretty much to the public, you know. So do you think, I mean, here's a question for you. Do you think something like the Chinese government, Chinese intelligence, keeps an eyes on, keeps eyes on these types of things because they'd like to be able to break them when they have to? Um, I'm not sure about the government, but I'm sure this company, they definitely do. You know? Well, if the companies are doing it, that means the government are doing it. Eh, yeah. I, I mean, it's that. China. I, I'm not sure, but, you know, maybe. And, you know, Huawei, those kind of, like Huawei, yeah. um, like Meizu, those, 
Apple, all those kind of companies, they're they're buying like, and they're reverse engineering those like hardware as well. You know, you know what happened. Um, when you know when iPhone ten come out, yeah, all the camera behind like dual camera and two lens and they're vertical, mm-hmm. and when iPhone seven come out, they all dual like horizontal cameras, it's two cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those people, those company, buy those prototypes and then you know they pretty much just, just recreate them themselves. Yeah, recreate them. Yeah, because you know people will want stuff as close. You know, I mean stuff over here like iPhone, they will cost around like I don't know six eight hundred dollars. But in China, it's like six thousand, eight thousand China yuan, which is people I can't afford. You know, people want something similar, but way affordable. And in order to do that, before or a little bit right after Apple released a new device, they have to get their hands on you know what Apple is doing. Do you have any idea how much this would piss off Apple if they knew you were doing this? Uh, I mean, absolutely, yes. But like infuriate them. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about ever getting any legal repercussions because of this? Because but, they've got a big legal team. They got a lot of money to throw at people. But I'm not. I'm not the person who did this. I'm not the person who getting them, and I'm not the person who do the vulnerability. I'm not the person who hurt their business. I'm just doing my own research. If people want them, I can get them right. And you sell them off, like you, you you advertise it on Twitter, do you know? Oh uh, yeah, it's on Twitter, on eBay, used to. But you know, Apple is getting, the, uh, Apple is getting pretty serious on on um, eBay and also Amazon. So you know, they they ban people who sell it. You still can find in a short amount of time that people sell the listing. Like, there's a decent amount of people who have their hands on prototype device or like pre-production device. But you know, more likely people sell them like just off their random server or more like connections. When you see Apple advertising itself as the most secure, you know, device company, company that that creates, let's say, the iPhone or you know, MacBooks being the most secure versus Android or PC, they are. Do you, but do you still think it's kind of bullshit the fact that you're able to find these devices and? and find vulnerabilities and sell these phones to people who then will do the exact same? It is not because, you know, for like a production device, for like a release device, you you actually cannot do anything. All the ports are blocked. That means you can't find a vulnerability. And also those devices came with the pre, like, pre-release version of the iOS. So let's just say iPhone, a D20, a prototype for D20 is pretty much iPhone 8 whatever the firmware came before I release is exactly, you know, when device came out of release, people had to spend time to find out the vulnerability. Meanwhile, Apple just pushed more firmware updates and then those vulnerability would be fixed, you know? So the only thing that people want, like security researchers, I say is hardware vulnerability. And it's very rare that you see those things. Hardware, like the, iPhone 4, iPhone 3GS, the boot ROM exploit, there's absolutely no way you can fix it unless you release a new hardware. But, you know, those things became very, very hard to find. And they're getting very good. Like, Apple have their own um, SWD cable, like, software development cable, like, those special cables, special software. They're getting very smart, and they use like server base so even if you have the stolen hardware or like the hardware you are not supposed to get 
you still won't be able to do a lot because a lot of things require a server authentication. You require accounts and you require mm. a lot of stuff. Yeah. So you don't feel like what you're doing is is hurting Apple and those devices. It's not, but you know, you can if you want to. But I don't want to do stuff like that. Well, how about the people you sell these devices to? Well, it depends on them. Like it's up to them what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, that sounds a little bit like you know, I'm gonna yeah give some people some fentanyl and like what yeah, they do yeah. with this, what they do with it. You know, they <laughs> could, like, but you know, it's it's fun. Like for me, I'm I'm not doing it for a profit or I mean, selling like I'm. Finding vulnerability is not for me threatening Apple or anything like that, but you know it's always hard to get a piece of device or piece of things that you're not normally be able to get in the market and stuff like that. It's always like a collector kind of thing. So it is interesting to sort of for you to just to put these out there as yeah, a, collect stuff that you collect it and break it too. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's sort yeah. of like a puzzle. Yeah, which is just classic hacker shit, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And these devices are widespread across the industry, right? Yeah, some of them are more rare than the others. PVT is like the last stage. is It's a lot, you know. Could you get your hands on one? PVT, I have a lot. I have a lot in my. So opinion. they're not that hard. Well, yeah. Even if you find on. But eBay we found you on. Tw- we found you on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of stuff on Twitter. A lot of people on Twitter have that, and um, you know, a lot of even high school kids have that, and they're very affordable. They're pretty much l- close to the retail costs when they come out. Has Apple ever contacted you personally to tell you to stop doing this? No, but their lawyer did took down my listing on eBay. That's that's that, it. That's it. So you're li- you're literally not afraid of that shit at all. You're not afraid to get not really. No. Yeah, I'm right. not the person who do it, and I'm not like threatening them anything. You know. Right. Yeah, I'm literally just a collector and sell my collection. You know. It's not a bad way to look at it. Yeah. So, what? Which ones have you sold recently? Which iPhones? Um, the recent one is sold it to um a person in Florida. He's very famous on um like running iOS on um on a non iOS device. Um, pretty much like a virtual machine that runs iOS. He got one of the the rigs. It's pretty much like an EVT. But it's before that. It doesn't have. It have a very, very industrial look enclosure. It's not a regular enclosure. I sold that, and also I sold um the PVD Apple Watch to some collector in Virginia. That was that was it. How many of these do you sell a year? Like twenty, thirty of those. Uh, it depends on people. Really, like depends on who buys them. It depends on what the. Demand and you have like. an in in China. Like get to these devices. Yeah, if people from China that get to the device, and um, they either ship to them directly, or ship to me directly. And I use those like profit to fuel myself to get my hands on those devices because some of them can get very expensive. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like Apple screwed up by sending all of its devices manufacturing to China because now some, well, yeah, you know, some of the insecurities that are coming out of it yeah, are we, because factory workers are Yeah, are factory workers, they, they're not they, they're not employees at Apple. Yeah. Even employee can Apple can, you know, sometimes get carried over by like the profit, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those people already, you know, hate their job <laughs> and now they're trying to make a little, little bit more cash by, you know, getting those devices out, which understandable, you know. And what do you call yourself, by the way? Well, Online? Online, yeah. Um, I my Twitter is like 
um, Twitter name is like Apple Internal Store. Pretty much. Um, Apple Internal Store. Yeah. Like, Sounds almost like you're actually part of Apple. Right, but Apple Internal is actually Apple Internal is is a, is a term that they call it. But you know, the store is basically selling those devices or selling stuff like that. Yeah, and there's also somebody named like Apple Internal App Store. They're basically selling like, Apple Internal apps and all that. <laughs> it's really for me. I'm selling hardware basically. This week's episode was produced by Jason Kebler and recorded by Dean White. I'm Ben Maku. Thanks for listening to Cyber, and we'll be back next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.